Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Well, good afternoon, good morning, depending on where you live, and welcome to the Paula Price Show with the one and only Dr. Paula Price, where you're going to get eternity's wisdom in the now. I tell you, that's a great theme. I think we should hang on to that, Dr. Price. What do you think? I think we should. I'm going to have a great time talking today. We have a couple of things that we are covering. Good. Excellent. Can't wait to hear it. I'm always ready with my notes. Uh, not just to give commentary, but to learn. But, you know, Ashley, you are a great learner. And I've always said that, you know, people wonder what is it that that drew us together or bonded us together, and that is you all are great learners. You want to learn. You don't want to just run off. You know, and I guess it's in us. You know, it's in you to either be, uh, you know, a good student yeah. or a student that evades knowledge. You know, and the one that evades knowledge, you know, that's the one that's going to, I'll just catch it as I go. You know, I'll just, give me three lines. I'll just read it on the plane. Those are not students. They're not even studiers. Yeah. Hallelujah. Those are just, just information captures. They just capture information as they go, as they need it. There, there, there's no confirmation. There's none of those things. But I, I enjoyed you all. I got you from college. It was great. I'm going to keep saying it because I think that, you know, when you got trophies, you know, talk about it right now and again. And so I thank God because I got you from college, and you all were learners. You, in class, you asked the right questions. I, was like, I remember when you all started answering, asking questions, I thought, are these kids really asking? And I, then my second, second thought was, if I answered them and tell them, would they know? And so I'm sitting here thinking about, today, thinking about it today, and here you are today. You're talking about from... What, 2000 and what? 2000. From 2000 to now, and you all have been avid students and avid learners all that time. And now you are helping me develop courses. You're helping me build the school. You're teaching yourself. You're, you know, professors in our university. But it started out with you wanting to know and not just feel or assume. True, and I would tell anybody, you have to put the time in. You have to put the effort in, and you have to be consistent yeah. in what you do. So many people want to obviously just pray for me, God, for your annoying thing. And we're sore. Yeah. Because you're growing as a minister. The ministry is growing. Everything is growing. And, uh, but it, it takes work. It takes work, and it takes pulling away. Yeah. Becoming great for a public use takes a long time in private life. Your seclusion is real. You're going to be secluded and you're going to be, you know, bound up and et cetera because it takes time. Jesus said it through Isaiah. What did he say? Line upon line upon line. Three levels. And then precept upon precept upon precept. And then it said here a little and there a little. And, I mean, that is, um, to me, I think anybody who wants to engage in 
uh, quality Christian education needs to explore that particular verse because that verse is, to me, replete with implications. Why line upon? First of all, remember we used to say line upon line. It doesn't say that. It says line upon line upon line, three levels. So in God's mind, there's that introduction, there's that immediate, and there's that advanced or intermediate and advanced. And then precept upon precept upon precept. So we're going from principle to practice because that's what it takes. And then here a little and there a little, talking about there is a pace of teaching and learning, and you have to know when to dispense or impart and to rest. Those are important things. So I like talking about stuff like that because it's important that we get why God is requiring knowledge. He said a, a servant of the Lord must be apt to teach. How many people ever looked up apt from which we get aptitude, okay? I mean, how many people even thought about that, and why must they be apt to teach? Well, because Malachi talked about that. Malachi said uh, that, uh, that the priest of God should keep knowledge. Now, we spoke, we run around talking about we the royal priesthood, and we have no knowledge whatsoever. I mean, the, just the rudimentary of, of get away from us. And so that's why we need teachers. That is also why I use the foundation of 1 Corinthians 12, 28 for our church, for all apostleship. I mean, because truthfully, 1 Corinthians 12, 28 says it best. The Lord has set these in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, and thirdly, teachers, which tells me there are two dimensions of those three officers. And teachers is not just an administrative office. It is not just a, a uh, ministerial office, you know, ministerial and all of that. But teachers actually are part of the foundation. So there is the instructional teacher from Ephesians 4.11, but then there is the executive teacher. That is your chairman and your your chancellors, and all of those people who handle the institution of, of, of education. So there are those who handle the institution as a realm, as a sphere, and then there are those, like Ephesians 4.11, who handle the execution or, or the, um, the, the instruction. They just carry it out. So we got the people who ordain and legislate, and then we got the people who carry it out. So because people don't know the difference. That's the difference between the two types of teachers. I dare say a lot of people don't know there is a difference. We're told that when things show up in Scripture multiple times, it's just redundancy. Yeah, right. And not necessarily a different application, a different sphere altogether. Mm -hmm. And do you know what else? When things show up in Scripture at different times and they are similar, related, several things are happening there. Number one, God is is reinforcing his continuum. Because the Bible, uh, the scriptures, are said to have been the work of dozens and dozens of authors over centuries and millennia of time. So when there are lapses in God and lapses in God's way of doing things or when people have drifted away from it, that author, see, I got to hold on. Oh, this one says, sugar you know he's going to get a good but that author is reconnecting the continuum, reviving what was lost, reviving, reactivating what people have abandoned, what Satan has diverted. Like now, we are going to get a revival of God in his word, and we've got to reconnect to the continuum. 
if we're going to be faithful messengers, faithful ambassadors, and faithful witnesses of his truth. You know, people who don't know, people who are outside of Jesus Christ can't tell you about the Bible, just like people outside of medicine can't tell you about medicine. We can read those books all day long. We can read those words. And you know what we don't know how to do? Be a doctor. We don't know medicine. And we need to, Christians, 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 people of God, children of God, offspring of Jesus Christ, offspring of the Almighty, offspring of the Godhead, royal priesthood. Let me just lay it down, born from above, filled with the Holy Ghost. Let's talk about that. I'm going to give you a piece of information today that you might like. Come off the defense fence. Nobody nobody will trust a person who has never gone to law school, who has never studied law to give a report on law. They can report on their, their experience and they give an opinion on their experience. They cannot tell you about the legal system. They cannot tell you about the justice system. The same thing with engineering. It's the same thing with medicine. It's the same thing with social services, public policy, all of that. And you have got to stop letting people who have never had Christ on the inside and never entered his institution tell you how it works. Stop that. If you've not been a Christian, don't talk to me about Christians because you don't want me to talk to you about law. You don't want me to talk to you about medicine. You don't want me to talk to you about government. Why? Because you'll say you haven't done that job. You haven't been in that field. If you've not been in the field of the Lord where the harvest is plentiful and the labors are few, then you can't talk to me about it. I don't want to hear it. Now, you can ask me questions. You can clarify points. But you cannot render a judgment on my Christianity any more than I can render a judgment on the performance of an attorney in a legal case. I don't have the equipment to do that. I have experience. I can have observation. It's been my observation. I don't care about you being a professor in a university. You, if, you, if Jesus Christ is not on the inside, you can't do it because what distinguishes Christians is God in us, Christ in us. That's what distinguishes us. So as we go forward in, in operating in what God has given us to do and doing what God wants, I want you to understand, I don't, I, are you born again? Well, I've been to church. I didn't ask you that. Is Jesus Christ on the inside of you? Well, I just, I'm a good person. I didn't ask you that. A lot of good people are going to hell. I ask you, are you born from the spirit of the living God? Do you carry the seed of Christ in you as your spiritual makeup? as your spiritual genetics. Because if you don't, then we are talking apples and oranges. And you Christians are getting on all of these little shows and you try to give your little opinion. These people can't talk to you about that. You can't get a job in a field you haven't learned. You cannot get a job in that. Just because people outside of the church want to talk about Christianity, it doesn't mean that they're qualified to do so. Because the first qualification is Christ in you. You, how, many, how many fields, Ashley, tell us all the time? Yeah, but you know, you have to be in it. People say that, oh, no, but you have to be in it. You know, inside joke. You know, inside information. In other words, inside is where the, where the qualified are. Inside are where the experts are. Inside are where the experience are. And if you're not inside the church, you're just outside, then you're not, no better than a kid throwing stones at a wall. That's my, that's my position because I'm like, how are you going to tell me about Jesus? I'm with this man 24-7. If you want to deal with the print, you can deal with the print all day long, but I'm telling you, you're not qualified to talk about the person. Did they like that? Should I hit something? 
walking heavy apostle. Yes. See, I'm telling you all how to stop being pumped. I'm telling you how to stop being backed down. But they don't like so and so. But there are things we don't like about them. We are not trying to kill them. That's life. Life is full of likes and dislikes, agreement and disagreement. It keeps it interesting. Stop being Christians who lead with your defensiveness. These people don't know anything about your God. They know what somebody read and they know what somebody ranted. But they don't know anything about your God. Trust me, they don't know him. Because if they did, they wouldn't have questions. They would, be, they would actually be disseminating answers and solutions. And their answer is destroy. Anybody who wants to destroy this thing is not of God. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care who you are. I don't care what you say. You want to destroy it, you want to pervert it, you want to distort it, you're not of God. Because anything you love, you protect, you defend, you cover. Yes? Amen. Am I excited today? So listen, I got some good stuff. Did you hear that? Come on, give me some sugar heart. I need some heart, and I need all that other stuff that you got over there on the Periscope side. I want my hearts over here on Facebook because what you just heard is what the church lacks, and that's wisdom. Again, you can buy a medical book anywhere. You can buy an engineering book anywhere. You can read it cover to cover. You can write it, and you can say, I got some ideas about it. I learned some things, some things, but that does not equip you to be a specialist or an expert. And Christians who are filled with the spirit of Christ without complaint and criticism are the experts. See, we got a lot of Christians who have criticisms about faith, criticism about Jesus. Y'all don't know them. Y'all, that little seed you got is still not growing anywhere. It's not doing much. But when you have set aside yourself and set aside your criticisms and your angers and your resentments and taken up the cross of Christ, you understand him, that I may know him in the power of his what? Resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Some of you all are all up in the resurrection and, and flee when it comes down to suffering. But the experience comes from the suffering. That horse um, race winner, the trophy, those people who captured the trophies and, the, and their awards, they got them through suffering. And then they earned the right to celebrate their resurrection. They got them through failures and setbacks and dropouts and abuses and, and criticisms and assaults and adversaries and all of those things. And they beat it all out. And they beat it them out. They beat them out before they ever, ever competed for their pride. And so I, I, I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm not gonna be the one. I, I'm just not. We gonna. They, I'm telling you. I look at these shows and I say, yeah, y'all don't ask us. Because you should ask the Christians who live in Christ instead of the Christians who live in the world. You see, I'm a Christian who lives in Christ, in him, and in me dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I don't just dwell in Christ, I carry him. I host him in my being. So I don't care about that. And what you can say, well, that's, that's, that's religion. No, no, half of you all, nobody can tell you about your family. Why? Because they're not part of your family. They can't tell you how you grew up. They can't tell you what's right or wrong. You can't tell you anything about it because you are the expert on your family, your family tree, your, your household, your, and your family memories. You are the expert on that, and we're the expert on God because God is our family and we're his. 
So I don't know who you are who having these debates at work and you running around all <clears throat> intimidated. I don't know who you are, but I'm talking to you right now. You're all intimidated. Well, because <clears throat> this one says this thing, and that. you don't know anything about Jesus Christ. You know what you read, but you can't understand what he wrote. Well, you know, um, this culture, and I don't care about culture, because the Bible spans all cultures. And all of those cultures came up with a consensus, a consensus that drove them to pin the word of the Lord. And that consensus is Jesus is Lord. That's the consensus. And here's why. So I listen to people, well, you know, uh, uh, what, is the, what is the little sign the Bible is fake? I said, are you kidding me? The Bible is lying. These people don't even know a lie. You can't know a lie because you never, ever gave truth a chance. And you have to know the positive in order to declare it counterfeit or errant. This is wisdom. But this is wisdom. This is wisdom. You know, and I listen to people, I say, so you start on a lie, you start on error, everything around you is contrary to what you say, and you can't tell me you ever honestly explored the truth. You never even explored the other side. I can at least say I explored atheism because I thought I was one. I can at least say that I tapped into it. I explored it. I can say I remember getting so angry with God, I didn't want him to do anything or whatever. I was like, but are you kidding me? This story is amazing. Before the garden captures all of this stuff and answers these questions for you, if you haven't gotten your copy of it, I'm making a Thursday pitch. Go, go to my website, drpaulaprice.com, and capture your own copy of Before the Garden. And you're going to find out about heaven. You're going to find out about hell. You're going to find out about earth. You're going to find out about stars. You're going to find out about angels. You're going to find out about demons. You're going to find out about all of these things. And it's in that book. Now, most people tell me that they, you know, it's so comprehensive. My daughter says, you know, she teaches it every Thursday, on Wednesday night. And my daughter says, but mom, it's dense. She says, just dense. It's jam-packed with information. Power sentence after power sentence after power line. You, want, you have to just take a break because your brain is like, what? Can we break this down? So we let her do that on Wednesday night. So what I'm doing, because now I finally accepted that my mantle is wisdom. See? And most of you all will agree. If you agree, though, just let me know. Dr. Price, I agree that you are the woman of wisdom. Just, just put it in there. Just type it in. I agree. Lady wisdom, woman of wisdom, because my mantle is wisdom, because I fill in the gaps. I fill in the gaps, and that's what wisdom does. Wisdom fills in the gaps so that what you have learned is more than remembered. It's useful. Come on. Encourage my heart today, because I'm going to do something very interesting. I'm going to meet you every morning with wisdom for today. Every morning. And we're going to have just a short time, 15 minutes, because, you know, you got to go to work. I need you all to go to work and whatever. But I'm going to meet you with a wisdom statement, explanation, answer, application, solution on whatever it is that the Lord gives me. We did this in our church, and we called it Wisdom for Living. Wisdom for Living. You know, wasn't that nice? Wisdom for Living. And, I mean, we did it every Sunday. Now, you will hear a lot of people talk about wisdom, but most of you all, 
did not have anything to compare it with. So you can compare my words and you can compare my information and my doctrine with what people call wisdom. And so wisdom has elements, it has factors, it has uh, um, uh, essentials, and then it has ingredients and components. But with, when you can put it all together, you have the sum of wisdom. Now, I don't believe I have the sum of wisdom. I'm not, at least I'm not saying it. I think every time I think I don't know something, God drops it on me, and then all of a sudden I know it. So I, I'm reluctant to say that these things. But I do know that I have written literally hundreds of thousands of words of text for the Lord. I have studied, after all of these years, I have studied books, read them, I have analyzed questions, etc., to give you God's side. I am not telling you that this is the sum of scientific wisdom or, or social wisdom or political wisdom or anything. What I am telling you is that the elements of those that the Lord has assigned me to address for him, I am well able to do. I told him I am more than efficient, more than capable of doing it because I listened to him. Here's the, dish, here's the deal. This is really good. Ashley, you're going to like it. This is really good. There are people who know. We just talked about the people who know God from friends. And then we'll talk about the people who know God from promise. And there are people who know God from prophecy. But the one who excels them all is the one who knows God as a person. The personification of the Godhead is what gives me my edge. And I, because I, I start, I start with everybody else. Read the word. You got to learn the word. And then after that, I've got to understand the promises of you, then I, and all of those conditional things about the Holy Ghost. And then we go to prophecy, where the Lord, we study the prophecies he's made to comprehend their fulfillment here or their reiteration in this time. But I'm telling you, the reason that we haven't gotten the answers that we want and the church is still swirling around in curiosity is about wisdom because wisdom comes from the person. Wisdom is the principal thing. In Jesus Christ, it's hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Oh, somebody hear me. That is a powerful statement. So we have wisdom. We understand wisdom. We understand, I understand wisdom because God is, that's what he wants. He wants me to understand it because wisdom is really giving you God's mind, God's soul. We have his spirit, but wisdom brings you into his soul. Now, tell me that wasn't good. I mean, that's where we are right now. And so I'm starting every day. um, Ashley's going to give you more information on it because I always assign her to give all the things so I don't change times and things like that. But she'll give you more information on it. But it's starting very soon. When are we starting? Two weeks? Two weeks. I thought it was. Two weeks. So put it on your calendar. Put it on your phone. 8.30, what is it, 8.30 we said? Okay, 8.30. So, yeah, it has to be. 8.30 every day, you're going to get a piece of wisdom from the life that God has given me, the wisdom that he's shared with me. And we're going to talk about everything. You can, you can even send in questions if you want to want me to cover topics. Send them in. And you can start now. You, be, you know, send in your questions. And I will address those answers and give you God's wisdom on it, not just his mind. Because, see, God's wisdom is not just his mind. It is his thoughts. It is his feelings, his moods, his sentiments, his experience, his expertise. Wisdom is the sum. When, when God says sum of wisdom, we think that it's what? What do we think about? I don't even know what we think about. Do you know? Yeah. 
We don't think? Okay. Because he said, the summer wisdom. And so God is going to do this. So we're going to go through it, and we're going to go through with the scriptures. I don't care how many folks tell us the scriptures are outdated. I don't think it can, if, if the Bible is outdated, how much more these ancient gods say? Because I need you to show me something in the Bible but that pertaining to our human life and human living that is dated. I still can't get it. We still need a sun, moon, and stars. It covers that. We still need reproduction, covers that. We still need people on earth, covers that. Huh. We still have folks killing each other, covers that. We have people being kind to each other, covers that. We still have business and enterprise, covers that. I'm still looking for this outdated piece, guys. But again, if you respond with your defenses, you will never clarify the issues. So you have to respond to with their um, with your defense. I want to get my tea over here. I got I made some tea, and I want to get it. So what I would suggest to you all is that you um, begin to yourself run down the list. What is it that, that when they say the Bible is irrelevant, ask them to give you an example. Ask them to tell you why. Tell you how. I do. So how's that? When you say irrelevant, you know, how are you using the word irrelevant? First of all, because people use words differently, don't they? I mean, so how are you using it? Why am I saying this? Because until we move from witness to wisdom, we are always going to come short of the glory of God. We're going to be literally uh, stagnated in our defense of his gospel. I love Jesus Christ. I enjoy him. I, I enjoy him every single day. I praise God for him every day. So I'm so glad you came. Because, see, I wouldn't even have this communion with you. I'm loving this. This is wonderful. And so we have a class, maybe um, you can summarize it. We have our apostolic prophetic Bible education class on Tuesday night. And last night we covered God is a thinker because it's part of the textbook. So, Ashley, can you give a commentary on last time? Well, God is a thinker. Well, all of your articles on God is a thinker takes us beyond our traditional belief system about God and his feelings. Mm-hmm. He did this for love. He did this for emotion. Pretty much everything we apply to his character is about emotion yes. and not about forethought or thinking. And so the article takes us out of that into breaking down, one, his thought process, his line of thinking throughout Scripture and how he has methodically thought everything through. Mm-hmm. And you have often said, the more in control he looks, the more out of control he looks. The more <laughs> in control he is, the more out of control he looks. And so we went through the article, I mean, piece by, well, we didn't go through the whole thing. No, no, it's huge. Yes. Because it's a court. Yes. And the students who are in, uh, have gone through our PPM Global ministerial advisement, many of them have gone through the abbreviated <laughs> of guys the thinker, which still uh, blew their minds. But to genuine prophets and genuine apostles, that's exactly what they wanted to know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not just that God thinks, but how he thinks, and then how we are supposed to think. I mean, why he picked Paul. Yeah. We went through why, he, why did he pick Paul, mm-hmm. and why he was the best choice, and how he used leverage mm-hmm. on him. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> 
He wants it. I mean, so it was just an amazing class that really got into the nuances of Scripture that we have, many of them told, mm-hmm. but not from God's perspective. No, not at all. Very good. How about you, Norma? You were in class last night. I think one of the major things is getting us to understand God's word from his perspective because we're always coming from our – that's why we have so many different interpretations of the mm-hmm. Bible because everybody is coming from their own perspective mm-hmm. because they're reading the words and interpreting it their way but don't have the revelation and the wisdom of God for why he wrote what he wrote. Mm-hmm. And so I think that particular article talked about all of that and how we take his word and we, we uh, reproduce it the way we think it should be but not as the author wrote it, mm-hmm. you know. And, and you said before, you're an author. Mm-hmm. If we read your book, we know what you wrote. But if we sat down to talk to you, mm-hmm. then we get the heart of the author. We get all of the mind of the author, why you wrote what you wrote, and all those extras that you left out. Mm-hmm. And, and which is interesting because that brings in another question. Well, you know, God is, is infinite. He's in all in all. We know that. We say it. Those of us who believe in him, those of us who don't believe in him can't explain anything. And so, <clears throat> but, you know, that's what I like about God. At least he answers questions. You know, all these other folks I'm questioning, I'm searching. I'm not searching for anything. I found my, I done found my pearl of great price, baby, and I had sold all to buy it. And so, in my, and, and what do pearls stand for? Wisdom. Pearls of wisdom. Yes. Pearl stand for wisdom. So I found my pearl of great price. So as we were, you know, when you hear about that, the next thing people say, well, I mean, how do you hear from it? God gave his Holy Spirit to the planet. He gave his Holy Spirit to the planet. He put his Holy Spirit in the church. So the Holy Spirit is stationed in Christians. Stationed. That is his work center. That's his work table. That is his schoolyard. That is his ivory hall. That is his lecture hall. The Holy Spirit is stationed in people. He put, but he, the Holy Spirit was always in the planet because the Spirit brooded, breathed on the water. But there obviously is an element of the Holy Spirit that God installs in his children to make his truth known. And what happens is, whenever you decide to dismiss the Holy Spirit because it takes too much time to get him to respond, he's too different, he's contradictory, all of those things that we use, whenever you do that, then you cut off your knowledge stream. And you end up in fact land because the Holy Spirit just releases facts to the world. You know, and there are facts that go with truth. There are facts that destroy truth. There are facts that cover truth. But when it comes to the Christian, the Holy Spirit is installed in the Christian, in the person of Jesus Christ, to guarantee that the truth that comes from the Godhead or emanates from the Godhead can also emanate from the church. Now, because the church has turned off the word because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We don't have the word. And so because we've turned off the word, which is Jesus Christ, the second person of the Godhead, who is God's logos, his logic. Jesus is God's logic system. In the beginning was the word, which means it was the logos, which means it was the mind, which means it was the thought, which means it was the intelligence which means it was the logistics. So 
So in the beginning, we did not have heart. Because in the beginning, it was the, the Lord Almighty or the Godhead filling out its creation, sending its entity, extending itself, providing for itself, discovering it, all of that in the beginning. Which is why Proverbs 8, 24 says that the Lord, I believe it's, I think it's a little earlier, but that the Lord possessed wisdom first. The first thing God captured was, was wisdom, which is why wisdom is the principal thing. So in order for you to say you have the mind of Christ, you have to first tap into the wisdom of God. Because in Christ is hid all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In order for you to understand the Holy Spirit, you've got to get into the spirit of wisdom. See, the fullness of the Godhead yields wisdom. The fullness of the Godhead yields wisdom. Wisdom in what? What kind of wisdom? Whatever kind of wisdom that goes with what they made, that goes with what they maintain. It goes with how they, they manage their creation, how they steward their providences as one. Because it's three manifestations of the one God. You need the wisdom of the God here. You probably don't even know why. Well, why is it? How can it be three and one? I don't know. How are you three and one? Well, I'm not really three and one. Yes, you are. You say you have a spirit. You say you have a soul. You say you have a body. Isn't that three? One, two, three. One, two, three. Right? Isn't that what you said? So how is it that you could be three and one, and then you know that your soul is hurting versus your spirit being depressed? How do you know the difference between the two? Because they're in your person. They're in your being. So being the infinite God, they have folks in each one of their whatever. The Holy Ghost has the church in his being. Man, I'm hitting something. I got to lay down myself. Hold on. No, no, come back. <laughs> Man, I have to pay. Okay. I just need us to understand. Now, they're all one and the same, but in terms of concentration or distinction of their, uh, their makeup, their composition, the Holy Ghost brought the church. The Holy Ghost has the church. Right? Now, we had the Holy Spirit lived in Israel under the old covenant, under Yahweh. That would be Jesus. Hallelujah. But the Holy Spirit brought the church. And the Holy Spirit is the custodian of the church, the steward of the church, the ecclesia of God. And yet it's the church that doesn't want to be bothered with it. Now, we don't do tongues, well, we don't do this, and we don't do that, and we don't. And you, you talk about all of the things folk don't do. People live, I mean, so many Christians are, have this whole don't do list of God talking about they want to live with this man forever. Are you kidding? God is not going to measure up to your list. Well, we don't do this and we don't do that and we permit this and we permit that. Are you kidding? The Holy Ghost is in you and you are in him for you, him to equip you to become a citizen of God's world and not a sensationalist in this one. The Holy Spirit does not care about your culture, doesn't, not at all. The Holy Spirit accommodates your culture and utilizes it to get you to be that form 
of Christianity that God can live with forever. And yet, amen. You can't do it. Well, because I don't know, that doesn't feel right. It is not about that. You realize that when you put on, when you go to a new job, nothing in that job feels right. And it feels right because it doesn't feel right because it's unfamiliar. And the Holy Spirit must familiarize you with the Godhead and familiarize you with the eternal kingdom of Christ, must familiarize you with the, the attitudes and the righteousness of the citizens that he has there. And I'm going to keep talking about that because apostles are supposed to equip you to be compatible with the Godhead and then groom you to become an eternal citizen in God's world. I'll say that again. Apostles are supposed to equip you to become compatible with the Godhead, not the world. When you hear all these apostles talking about this is okay, this is okay, they are not apostles of Christ. And Paul, God talked about false apostles. Paul talks about them. False apostles want to equip you to be compatible with the world that God has doomed. So you get doom classes, you get doom lessons, you get doom anointings, you get doom celebration, you get doom rewards, you get doom incentives. Because that's what an apostle does, because they represent, false apostles represent the gods of this world, which are the fallen deities or fallen angels that have made themselves deities. But that's not what Christ's apostles do. Christ's apostles are looking for the part of you that does travel. So your body doesn't travel. It doesn't travel. Your body will never make it to heaven because the ground needs it and it has a covenant with the earth. So your body will never go to heaven. So you can pierce it, you can do all of those things, and it will not bother God at all because he has already doomed your body to the dust. Hmm. Hold on. However, the reasons you do what you do to your body are found and logged in your soul. And it's those reasons that God installed the Holy Spirit in your being. He said he did that. I will put my spirit in you, and you will walk in my judgments and my command, and you will do it. And so your reason, God is going to send you to hell on your rationale, not even just your behavior and your conduct, because it's your rationale that motivates and inspires the other. Now, he gave you a new creation spirit, and that new creation spirit is of God and of Christ. And so in your mind, if I've got a new spirit, then everything is okay. No, he gave you a new spirit to give you the power and the codex to transform your soul so that the two can stop being at, at odds with each other and they can be one. So he gave you that. So you can decide all day long. And I hear, because people ask me, well, you know, so-and-so says this, but so-and-so can't tell you why they say what they say, but I can they can't tell you why God has a problem with t- tattoos, but I can. They cannot tell you why God has a problem with fornication, but I can. They cannot even tell you how God even arrived at that conclusion, but I can. But I can. And I can because I'm dealing with the person. So you can have all kinds of opinions and draw all kinds of conclusions from print. But you can't change the personality of a person. I don't care how much you try to break their will. At some point, that which they are made of will resurface and resume its dominance. So you can have all of these discussions. And, I mean, I'm talking to you millennials because half of you all are following crazy because you're following flesh, because you think flesh dominates. 
If flesh dominates, why does it get old and die? See, that's where I'm saying. I'm, I'm at practicality. I'm at wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. I've said that over uh, thousands of times in my career, and I still maintain it. Wisdom is the principal thing, but it wasn't until three years ago that I learned why. And it's the why that, that give you an opportunity to render a judgment for or against God. And whatever judgment you render is what your will will carry out or execute in your life to reinforce it and to fulfill your purposes to fulfill your world, your words. So I'm saying to you today that we've lacked wisdom, which is why we can't answer. So the people, here's what happens when you know two groups, two ways of recognizing the absence of wisdom. The first way of recognizing the absence of wisdom is to realize that when people don't understand it, they do one of two things. They just shut down or they go mystical on you. You know, my daughter and I were talking about superstition, you know, and the supernatural versus spiritual. And so they will do that. The second thing that they will do is they will dismiss what you say and create, like Cain did, a replacement, an alternative. It was Cain's alternative that killed his brother. It was Adam's search for an alternative that killed humanity. So you have to get really clear on what this is. So, so let's, let's make it plain. Wisdom is what you use to decide where you stand in God and how you will manifest him and his truth on earth. Wisdom is the principal thing. I'm going to do, so we're going to have sessions. You're going to love it. If you have questions, you can send them in. And, you know, if it, gets, if, if, if it works out, Ashley, we'll make a show. But right now, we're going to just have a daily statement, a daily commentary on wisdom plan. What is God's wisdom on? How is God going to address this? How is God going to address that? How do you answer this? Why are we here? You know, why do we have war? Why do people die? All of that kind of stuff. And then what, what does God feel about what's going to happen? And what does God feel about the future? And, and so we'll just pick issues and we'll do our our, our statement, present our commentary, and you can use it there. Uh, uh, sometimes you're going to get some instructions. What you need to do is read this. I do it on Thursdays anyhow with my call-in. So we decided let's expand that. It's time to expand that. And so we're calling, calling it Daily Wisdom. Well, hey, I'm going to let you pick Daily Wisdom or Wisdom for Living. So you all, wisdom for today. Wisdom, I'm sorry, forgive me, Wisdom for Today or Wisdom for Living? Because it's a daily wisdom program. And so tell me which one rings to you, wisdom for today or wisdom for living. I'm going to take a vote, and the majority is going to help won't be the swing. What do you think they're going to choose? Well, I hope they choose wisdom for today. That's my breath. <laughs> I like wisdom for today. Okay. What about you, Norma? Wisdom for today. What about the rest of you all? Tell me. More living than today. Yeah. Ah, keep them coming. Hey, listen, we have, you know, people go back and listen to it. They might. Listen for today. 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 Listen for
far as we're concerned, we're done. <laughs> we have nothing else to do. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful? So we'll see by, listen, we'll know by Monday. Sunday, actually, because Monday we need to be on, working on it. Looks like it's only going to be living. I thought, ask them, because you know why? They want to learn how to live. Day to day. <laughs> okay, so we're going to see what it's going to be, and and we'll post it and let you know which one won. Uh, but now we need a, a, a Prophet of Deer's uh, poll. Yeah. Oh, it'll be wisdom for me. It'll be wisdom for me. <laughs> she and, stepped in. She don't care. She's yeah. coming in. <laughs> and, and, and this is going to be different because this is not going to be a live stream Remember, give them that again. The Paula, pa- YouTube, YouTube, uh, the Paula Price show that you keep in. Okay. Any 
um, uh, city in the country uh, fails to have a life skills program, how to, when to, what to, et cetera. And so we're going to have a, a blast. And, 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 you know, no holds barred, because, you know, Doug Price doesn't have any holds barred. Or it's all out there. They went, I'm, I'm like Jesus. You know what I said. You were there in my meeting. <laughs> Don't act like you weren't in the assembly. You know? But um, so talk to me. What do you think about today? What are some of your thoughts and your update, updates? And... Wisdom is always a bonus. Hold on. I have some notes. Oh, do you ever? Yeah, it's just it's really great because it's a big notebook. So. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever? I will say, I want to hone in on apostles equip you to become compatible with the Godhead and not the world. Mm-hmm. You like that, too? I like that. I liked everything you said, but I really appreciated that. Uh, people want to know what's the difference mm-hmm. between the fivefold and the apostles being the office and representatives so close to God governmentally. Mm-hmm. Uh, that means something more mm-hmm. than what your pastor would offer, what your teacher would inform you about, what the evangelist is going mm-hmm. to introduce you to about the Lord. Um, and so as a, as a means, like you said, false apostles represent the God of this world. Mm-hmm. And so anytime you hear an apostle defending the world the world and its culture and culture and it's sporting its trends and its trends that's a red flag that's a flag yes that's a no that's a burning flag okay flag. <laughs> that's the one the other way yeah it's like whoosh and i i think that's very interesting because we i know the things that i heard about apostleship before and still um are about you know being heavy-handed and and being all these roles, and you can't mess around in an apostle church, and, and it's about everything just being so serious and mean, basically, mm-hmm. all the time and rigid, and not the purpose of to become compatible with the Godhead. And because I think many apostles who are in this office really are not apostles and certainly are not trained because where would they get their training mm-hmm. from, uh, the default is just the rule side mm-hmm. without the person of God yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. To the it. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you come in somebody's house, and you go to sit in that chair, and everybody's like, no, mm-hmm. that's that chair. You know, we don't sit there. Well, without knowing the person behind it, mm-hmm. and you just hear the rule, we don't sit in that chair. You're like, what? Well, what is it, the chair. Star? I mean, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and then you find out, oh, that's dad's favorite chair, and there's a whole story behind it, and this is why. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh. And so apostles bring you, like you said, that personhood of mm-hmm. who God is, mm-hmm. not just his personality, but also who he is as a person. Mm-hmm. And that brings so much understanding. I mean, when I started learning from you who God really was, I was like, oh, that's why he said that. Oh, that's why we're not supposed to do that. Oh, that's why we are supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. And that, and, and it just reconciles mm-hmm. what we have called religiosity and legalism and all those terms that you have addressed so thoroughly. And hopefully you will with the living in a nugget. In a nugget or three. Yes, a nugget or a mini nugget series. Uh, <laughs> and, and it makes it's it somewhat valuable. Well, it's interesting. I like that you concluded your thoughts on the word reconcile, because reconciliation is what apostles are supposed to do, bring, introduce. And we think reconciliation is confined to uh, warfare and, mm-hmm. and adversarial, you know, adversity and all that. But reconciliation means just what it says. Mm-hmm. If, this, if this is the way it's being done, we need to, and God is displeased for not served. Because sometimes it's not even whether or not we want to go after what pleases the Lord. 
but it's, God is not best served with that. Yeah. And so if that's the case, then we need to reconcile the two. I mean, we see that with James in the uh, council, the Jerusalem council, the Gentiles were like, we can't do those things. We don't, how are we going to do that? You know, we cannot do your law. We don't grow sheep here. We, we don't. We, you know, we, we grow something else, you know. And we don't. Turtle doves? Oh, are you kidding? The creatures in our world to struck up a turtle dove before just born. And so we can't do that. You know, we don't have that kind of this and that. And so they had to pull out the ecological things of the law and bring it down to the righteousness of God. Okay, so this is what we're calling the right five things. We got the righteousness of God. You know, don't eat things, you know, don't have idolatry, you know, don't commit sexual, you know, whatever, love your neighbor, you know, those kinds. So they brought out, they hacked it because there were, and the Ten Commandments, because those people's culture had various religious and ritual uh, moorings that had yet to be addressed. So we needed to get rid of that. And then as far as the, the, the feast and all of that, I think we can't do that. I mean, now we can, now they can do it around the world because we can ship this and ship that and fly that in, and, and they can have this on the shelf, and we can order that from this land or that land. But back then, those options were not there. So they, they said, well, no, you can't do this because the, the Bible said if you don't do the whole law, then the little bit you do means nothing. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like I've been, I've been a good Christian all my childhood, and I'm a sinner while. Ezekiel 33 says God's going to discredit and discount all that goodness you did as a child. You know how we like to say that? I'm just, you know, I was, a, I was raised a preacher's kid. As far as God's concerned, your preacher kid's morality does not matter. It is expired, it's extinguished, in fact, because... Ezekiel 33 says that when a righteous man turns from his righteousness and turns and commits sin, well, shall his righteousness be remembered? Just like somebody who breaks the law commits a heinous crime, mm-hmm. right? Goes to jail, and you're a philanthropist. Yes, yeah. and it's right. And you'll say it's, it could be that one thing, at least one thing that you got caught in, <laughs> and nope, nope, that's mm-hmm. just one, and nobody remembers. And in fact, hates you all the more because they saw you tricked them. Yes, with your all these good things mm-hmm. that you did leading up to, it, and then it's on your record. And they felt like your goodness was an imposter. But you know, Dia is my. You know, I call a Dia my sharpshooting prophet. Yeah. You know, now this is my legislative one. She gonna let God help her. <laughs> she gonna legislate in the book. Okay. <laughs> but and you know, and Paul is my governmental one all day long. Governmental, and so. But here's what I want to say. She just made a statement. She has a sharpshooter. Did you hear what she said? About you just have to commit one? You only have to, you only have to break one law to be a criminal. You only have to break one law in your whole life, and it's on your record. One law. So in Christ, when we say, when you say, well, if you break one of these Ten Commandments, you broke them all, it's like, that's not right. That's, not, that's just religion. That's Christian rhetoric. But yet, you can break one law and spend the rest of your life in jail without mercy or amnesty or forgiveness. Because those are the only factors that will keep you from being a criminal for the rest of your day. See, Christianity makes more sense than the devil wants you to think because God's righteousness is what it is. You know, and so we're going to talk about that. Like, we'll talk about 
Unlike the guy, what did he say about the moral absolute? I thought that was hilarious. Oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) Oh, you don't believe in moral absolutes? Wonderful. So I can take your purse and run down the street? Okay. And you will know that I absolutely did not do it. (laughs) (laughs) You can't absolutely not take me. Because you don't believe Mm -hmm. And so, but think about it, because that's what we as Christians need to do. We need to start doing this for the body of Christ, arming you. You know, we've been equipping the saints for the work of ministry for a long time, but we don't arm them for spiritual warfare. And if you're going to do the work of ministry, you are going to enter spiritual warfare. You got anything else on that piece of paper? Oh, yeah, so many things. Okay, let's see. Excuse me, let me go back here. Oh, yeah, when you were talking in the very beginning about the line upon line upon line, and I just put three times equals three levels, when you talk about the principles, <laughs> and then the precepts are the practice. Mm-hmm. And how the difference between, uh, and you said that's why our foundation is 1 Corinthians 12, 28, and that the teachers are instructional in Ephesians 4, 11, and their foundational realm spherical in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, and 29. First of all, I didn't even learn about 1 Corinthians 20, 29, and 29. Well, everything was Ephesians 4, 11. And it is for most people. I was so surprised. Whenever, and I was very young when I met you, and I was so surprised, and I was like, Oh, this is here in more than one place? <laughs> but it's not the same. And then that kind of confused me because we're taught, oh, things are just redundant in the Bible, and, you know, they just said this and that, and it was just their perspective and that one, not that it actually meant mm-hmm. two different things. I mean, mm-hmm. that's like saying every time the same word is used or the same phrase is used in multiple things, it means the same mm-hmm. thing. And, and, and they, I mean, we have a whole big whatever built on it. But First Corinthians twelve twenty eight says God set. That means installed, instituted, established, founded. That's what it says. Yeah. These in the church, and the reason He needed to do that was because they were not necessarily installed in the church yet. The apostles always existed. The prophets were doing what they did, but they weren't serving the church. And so God wanted us to understand. Heaven's divine order, what God calls the church institution. Mm-hmm. Now, Ephesians 4.11 does not say, Ephesians 4.11 says gave, and he gave some. So he gave some people to be apostles, but more accurately, he gave some people groups apostles. Some ecclesial groups or churches got apostles. Mm-hmm. Some have prophets. Some have evangelists. Some have pastors and teachers. He that, now this is the institution and this is the workforce. Love it. Love so this it. is the structure, this is the government, but these here, y'all, the workforce over here. You are who this institution sends out. Oh, I'm so good. Hold on. <laughs> Boom. She said, "Now she said, now All right. So you need to understand that because. Most of you all, the reason so many apostles' churches, and this is how I got it. Can I just share this? Okay. Please. Can I share this with you all? Because, you know, I know some of you all are going, can I share it? All right. I'm sharing. I got a yes. Yes. Okay. But the reason God did it is because many apostles' churches die after they found them and leave them because they allow the church, they give the church a pastor. So, until you build up your apostolic pastors or your apostolic fivefold team, it's going to go back to what you came in to replace or correct. And people, sheep, are born, built to gravitate and cling to pastors. Yeah, yeah. Good. They are 
I mean, they're going to, you know, they like, you know, hanging on the neck and all of the, that's what they are built to do. So if you go in there and you build your church and you got apostolic order and apostolic doctrine, you're going to do all of that, bless your sanctified heart, and then you go off to plant another church. You put a pastor over it. If you did not groom that pastor and make sure that pastor was converted to apostleship, that pastor is going to revert your saints. So I said to God, God, why does this keep happening? He said, because you keep putting, he said, you want, you're an apostle. When we, we bring a different dimension of God's institution, we actually bring the fullness of it. And so he said, you're an apostle, and you keep putting evangelical pastors over your church. Mm-hmm charismatic pastors over your church. And most of them, they're very young. They haven't been, they they don't know anything but what they grew up in. He said, apostles must build on 1 Corinthians 12, 28. Whoever I just said that to, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) One last thing I want to say, and that is Ephesians, according to how they work, apostles are going to bring you God's divine and eternal legislation. It will always be eternal because God said that's the only office that will, will reign with Jesus in its particular context that he said. You know, Jesus did not establish any other office when he came to the planet. He established apostleship, and then he left the apostles to establish everything else. So that's, so that's what the apostles are going to bring you. So the, the apostles are going to bring you that divine legislation. The prophet is going to bring you divine communication. I'm like this. And the evangelist is going to bring you divine birthright mm-hmm. incubation. Wow. The pastor is going to bring you domestication. And the teacher is going to bring you education. They told me to write a book. Should I write a book, guys? I have a library. You know, I'm a woman who produced a library. So I can honestly say to you that that when God sends an apostle to you, as opposed to uses one to build up or erect an institution, those are two different dimensions of this office. Likewise, what the prophet will prophesy under First Corinthians twelve twenty. Boy, am I good at this or what? I'm in, hold on. I'm coming, guys. But but the apostle, what the prophet will prophesy in twelve twenty eight of First Corinthians twelve twenty eight is going to be Moses. That kind of a prophet. Hmm. Now, which we call apostolic prophets later on down the line. But what that prophet is going to prophesy to you in um, uh, Ephesians 11 is going to be enforcement and instruction. When you have this evangelist, the, the evangelist is not even mentioned in first. Well, that's why I can't even understand how we got here. Yeah. They're not even mentioned in First Corinthians 12, 28, nor are they mentioned nor is the pastor mentioned, am I right? Mm-hmm. So, but the teacher in 1 Corinthians 12, 28 is going to communicate to you the national or governmental uh, uh, knowledge and formation of God's kingdom in the flesh on earth. Over in 1 Corinthians 12, I mean Ephesians 4, 11, you're going to get discipleship. Now you know why you should enroll in Price University. Learn today, lead tomorrow. Hallelujah. Your turn. Well, and I, I have to say, along with that, you need to get these two resources, Divine Order 
your mm-hmm. spiritual dominance and the fivefold offices because both of them combined really help to take you into the next dimension of this understanding. So you've got to do that, drpaulaaprice.com. Click on bookstore, divine order, and fivefold offices. Get those resources. They will completely blow your mind on this revelation and really take you deeper. Is that all right? Can I plug that? Got to get those resources. Divine order will change your life. But remember, you've got to read it more than once. Remember I said that. You've got to read it more than once. Um, I'll just comment on one thing that you said that I thought was, well, everything was powerful, but I'll, I'll zero in on this one thing. Um, you talked about how we have to move from witness to wisdom. Oh, yes. I think that's so important because, um, it just made me think about how much we stop at our story mm-hmm. and our understanding of things. And when it's beyond our understanding, we just think that God doesn't have an answer for it or that he doesn't want to. Not that there's just an answer that we don't know. And I think that that's something that we have to wrap our minds around, mm-hmm. that there is more to God than we know. And we can't just stop at our story. We really have to understand the wisdom. And you said along with that that wisdom gives you the soul of God. So that's why I think your series is so important. <laughs> wisdom for living. Are you casting a vote? Wisdom for living. That's why I think it's so important because we need that. We, we, we have to go beyond our story. It can't just be about our experience with God if we're going to be taking the world. Mm-hmm. It's got to be about God's story, his experience. And I think that your, your series on that is going to help us to, to understand that better. I love it. Whew. Isn't God good? Yes. Well, did you, want to, did you have any other announcements? Um, well, I'll give, I'll definitely give announcements as we cross over. Mm-hmm. Um, major thing is that we want to invite you guys to come out to our New Year's Eve service, which is happening in Tulsa, December 31st, Sunday night. It's at 9 o'clock, mm-hmm. 9 o'clock p.m. We've already received messages from you guys telling us you're coming to see us in Tulsa for New Year's Eve. So, yeah, they got to get here. You got to get here. Come be here in Tulsa for New Year's Eve. And then the, the spring semester for Price University starts Monday, January 8th. But the cutoff for enrollment is December 20th. So they have got to enroll. You guys have got to enroll. Do that right now, priceuniversity.org. And if you have not taken your MAQ, it is still on sale until the end of the month for $45. So you've got to take advantage of this, your MAQ. And if you're thinking about enrolling into Price University, your MAQ is required. So we want to encourage you to do that. Take advantage of the MAQ on sale right now for $45. And the PAQ is on sale for $50 all the way through the end of December. So we've got a lot going on in the month of December. You can come join us December 31st for our New Year's service in Tulsa. You can register and enroll for Price University, which starts January 8th, or you can take your assessment, which is on sale right now to the end of the month. Well, I'm excited. And listen, our, our uh, New Year's Eve is like many others. We will pray for you. Bring your children, bring your family, bring your whatever, and we will pray for you. We will also give you the word of the Lord going into 2018. Yeah. And this is exciting because 2018 is going to be a blaster of a year. I mean, it's a, a, and I mean up, down, explosive. There are some shifts, 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 changes, 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 replacements, removals, and reinstallments. Mm. So mm. we've got a lot going on. You don't want to miss. So join us here December 31st in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Hey, my come home group, my congregation of the mighty, press your way. Get here. Hallelujah. Yes. Oh, yes. Get here. If you are coming home, come here so we can bless you and give you an anointing and the power and the breakthrough you need to transition. Again, hey, December 31st, New Year's Eve, 2017, in our new home. 
Hey, this has been great. I don't know what, you know, I enjoy having my team. I don't know where oh. we are, how we doing. We're doing well? Oh, look at us. We're doing well. So I am going to, we're going to take a break. You know how we have to do it. Prophet Ashley is going to go take the board, and uh, Prophet D is going to take the announcements, and I'm going to sip the rest of this wonderful cup of tea that I have. God bless you. Have a great uh, afternoon. Let's shift to Block Talk Radio. Let's shift to the Block Talk. Going down the hall to Block Talk. God bless you. Oh, wait. Sunday. Scripture Organic. Culture Unmodified at the Congregation of the Mighty on Facebook and Periscope. God bless. All right. Thank you, Dr. Price. You guys have been listening live to the Paula Price Show, the one and only Paula Price Show. We're here every Thursday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. And you can catch us online at blogtalkradio.com slash Paula Price Show. Again, blogtalkradio.com slash Paula Price Show. That's where you can catch us live week after week. We're also on Facebook Live and on Periscope. So if you have not yet downloaded the Periscope app and you've been tuning in on the phone on through Blog Talk Radio, we encourage you to download Periscope so that you can catch the first hour of the show live. You can also follow Dr. Price on Facebook.com. Again, Facebook.com slash Dr. Paula Price. Facebook.com slash Dr. Paula Price. You can catch her there live every Thursday for the first hour of the show. And we encourage you to become a part of the Paula Price Ministries family. You can join our mailing list by visiting us online at drpaulaaprice.com, drpaulaaprice.com, and click join mailing list. Also, stay tuned to the website. That's where we'll be posting information about our New Year's Eve service, which is happening Sunday evening, December 31st at 9 o'clock p.m., as well as all the information that you need to know about registering for Price University. You can visit us directly at priceuniversity.org, or you can visit us through drpaulaaprice.com. Spring semester starts January 8th. January 8th, mark your calendar. Spring semester starts at Price University. The cutoff for enrollment is Wednesday, December 20th. Wednesday, December 20th is when you want to make sure that you get your application in to be considered for spring semester, which kicks off January 8th right here in Tulsa. We have online classes available as well as classes for campus. We have degree programs available as well as non-degree programs available. We have ministry credentialing available where you can actually pursue your minister's license or your credentialing for one of the five-fold offices. We have all of that and so much more right here at Price University where you're learning today so that you can lead tomorrow. So again, save that date. January 8th is when spring semester starts at Price University and the cutoff for applications is December 20th. So you want to make sure that you get all your information to us by the 20th of December so that you can get in for spring semester. That website, one more time, is priceuniversity.org, priceuniversity.org. All right, last but certainly not least, don't forget that the assessments are on sale right now all the way through the 31st of December. You can take the minister's assessment for $45. That's $20 off the retail price for the minister's assessment, or you can receive 50% off of the profits assessment, which is on sale right now for $50 through the 31st of December. So take advantage of the assessment deals. We want to get you into purpose 
by 2018, going from purpose to placement. So take those assessments right now. You can visit us online at drpaulaaprice.com and click take an assessment. All right, we're about to get to your calls here in the second hour. And in order to do that, we need you to press that number one. So if you'd like to speak with Dr. Price and you just joined the line, press number one right now so we can go ahead and get to your calls. Prophet Ashley, back to you. All right, thank you, Prophet Adia. When we come back from our commercial break, we're going to kick off with Joy from Georgia. She called back in to get first in line for this week, and we'll be right back. Have you ever wondered, why do I hear from God? Is what happens when I pray normal? Why do I think so differently? Is my relationship with God unusual? How do I explain my experiences with God? Does anyone else experience these things? I have so many talents, but... How do I find my purpose? I know I'm called to ministry, but where do I begin? These daily questions lead to one solution. Introducing the Standardized Ministry Assessments Series. What was on God's mind when He made you? Find out how our assessments can help you uncover your greatest mystery, you. Our Standardized Ministry Assessments consist of 800 ministry-specific questions, 114 ministry-based categories, 50 ministry classifications, a comprehensive gift analysis, five-fold office identifiers, automatic response indicators, targeted benchmark scoring, automated result interpretations, custom readiness path options, call-specific recommendations, personal ministry advisement. Is this basically a personality test? No. Your results are custom designed and not based on the traditional data used to determine your personality type or IQ. Instead, your results come from you, how you think, and what you believe, not predetermined categories into which you must loosely fit. Dr. Paula Price's nearly 25 years of research and experience see to that. How is this different from a spiritual gift test? Our assessments are not a test and assess more than just your spiritual gift, what you are good at and may be interested in doing for your church. We help you define your ministry calling, how ready you are to do it full-time, the type of training you need to do it well, and the best place for you to prosper whether in or out of the church. They don't just give you a number, they give you a life plan. We offer three levels of assessments. The Ministry Assessment Questionnaire, the Prophetic Aptitude Questionnaire, the Apostolic Diagnostic. So what's your ministry IQ? Discover yours today. www.drpaulaprice.com or call 877-649-PPMG. Hey guys, this is Mr. Dia from Saturday Morning Kids. Every Saturday, we post a brand new episode full of God's power, full of God's word, just for kids ages 8 through 12. Subscribe to us on YouTube under Kingdom 5 Student Ministries. That's Kingdom 5 Student Ministries only on YouTube. Kids, I'm talking to you. We're diving into purpose, destiny, and God's plan for our lives. So I'll see you every Saturday for Saturday Morning Kids. Hi, my name is Chief Prophet Tala Price, 
And I want to invite you to join me every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time for a riveting and exciting discussion of my favorite book by my favorite author. Yes, Before the Garden, God's Eternal Continuum, written by the one and only Dr. Paula Price. Join us on our weekly journey of studying the history of eternity as it's been revealed through scripture. Learn your God, learn your world, learn yourself, and even your Savior before time began. We're going to discuss revelationary answers to age-old questions like, how did we get here? Why does our planet exist? Does it have a creator? What was on his mind concerning us? And why did he bring Christ and Christianity into our world? Topics like these and more we'll be discussing every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can join us on Facebook Live or by Periscope. For more information, visit www.tallaprice.com. That's www.tallaprice.com. Dr. Paula A. Price does it again with Before the Garden, God's Eternal Continuum. In her customary exhaustive style, she breaks the seal on yet another striking dimension of Christian faith and truth. Before the Garden, God's Eternal Continuum is aptly dubbed the history of eternity as revealed in scriptures because it captures and tells the story of eternity from its founder's perspective. Order your copy today and give us your feedback. Tell us how Before the Garden revolutionized your walk with Christ at www.beforethegarden.com. Do you have an upcoming conference or want to order a supply for your bookstore? Now is the perfect time to order copies for your network, mentees, or friends. Just pick up the phone and dial 877-419-1299, extension 1001, and ask for Adia Peterson to get bulk discount orders and place your order today. All right, and we are back with part two of today's episode of the Paula Price Show, such powerful wisdom in segment one. And now we're going to our callers. Dr. Price, are you ready to talk to Joy from Georgia? Yes, I remembered that she was going to call in because she had a question. Yes, she did. She has a question about Jezebel. Joy, welcome back to the Paula Price Show. Praise God. Hi, Dr. Price. How are you? Bless you, Lady Wisdom. You are, you are her. You are on it. And I'm telling you, this is so much confirmation because I picked up my Bible as soon as I got online, and it had already been turned to line upon line, precept upon precept. Praise God for confirmation. I got about seven pages of notes while you were um, talking. And everything is wonderful, and it definitely changed my question. Okay. When dealing with Jezebel, Ahab, and Leviathan, those three spirits, whenever they're operating through people, um, I know there's no such thing as casting those spirits out because those are spirits that have to be repented of personally by that person. And I know you don't just go out here and say, hey, you're a Jezebel or whatever, because most people have no idea what Jezebel is. They think it's some harlot or something like that, and it's a lot deeper than that. What is the best way 
to pray effectively. And whenever I pray, I pray God's word back to him. I don't try to do no lay me down to sleep, pray the Lord my soul to keep prayers. I pray God's word back to him. Are there, um, I need to know what do you think would be the most effective way to pray for spiritual blindness, um, or eyes to be opened. I've been praying the Ephesian one prayers um, for the eyes of the heart and the ears of the understanding to be opened in people and um, for God to create new hearts and remove the heart of flesh. I'm sorry, the heart of stone. Um, is there anything else that you would recommend as far as like praying an effective prayer for people who are operating in these spirits? Um. Well, I think that I like the one that says the eyes of their understanding being um, opened, but mm-hmm. I also pray, I pray that the I pray in a manner that does not make these people victims, but culprits. Exactly. Because exactly. They chose that. I mean, Jezebel. Let's talk about this because a lot of our listeners need to hear. My listeners need to hear this. Jezebel. Spirit is a two types of spirit. Number one is the spirit of a queen of power. Jezebel, as uh-huh. much as we don't like to hear it preached, was in fact Ahab's wife. Ahab was a king, yes. which made her a queen. Now, the reason that it's important is because these people are not just deciding to behave a certain way or to behave unseemly or cruelly, they are seated in power with the authority to do so. Okay. Now, that's very so they different. Have chosen well, that authority or? Well, no, they are appointed. If you're made a queen, you're in that seat. Now, what you do with that seat may be a, a matter of your personal will and your perspectives on rulership, but the seat itself is an official station. Mm-hmm. That person, that you know, you're in there until you die out or until somebody moves you out. So right. when you get wicked in that kind of position, you are now mm-hmm. fighting a different kind of battle because you're fighting against the authorities of a land, an authority that God himself permitted, um, leaving it up to the subjects or the, the, the queen's subjects or the leader's subjects, to make the change. Like when people say to me, I'm going to vote for this one or that one because, and then I'm going to leave it up to God, that is like the stupidest thing a voter can say. And I'll tell you why. Right. Because God mm-hmm. is going to honor the, the authority in the office who we put in there uh-huh. is not going to change. So that's number one. Uh-huh. Number two, Ahab. Ahab is king. He went and married a woman outside of his nationality, outside of his religion, outside of his God. And that woman brought to his land all the other deities and all the power that her particular spiritual uh, supporters or spiritual advocates had. So she brought all those devils with her. Um, So now, so she brought them and joined them to Ahab's religion, Ahab's faith. And as a result, Ahab, by marrying her, empowered her. Okay. All right. She so, brought them and so the, joined them to him. Okay. Now, the Bible says the Leviathan is the king of all the children of pride. Right. Now, 
So, you know, so that's a reptilian thing. Leviathan is a type of reptile. Spiritually, mm-hmm. uh, the, 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 the spirit, the principality or this king, in this case, takes the form and the behaviors of the reptile, okay, in mm-hmm. particular a chief reptile, all right? So when you're starting to pray, you, have, you cannot just start with the person because the people who are bound by these, these spirits, that's why a lot of it is an inaccurate spiritual diagnosis, um, but these people it's are seated, they're right. seated in places of authority in the land, Joy. So they are seated there. So then God commands us in the New Testament to pray for all leaders. Right. And pray, pray for all those who are in authority, yet we got these wicked influences over these authorities. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So now prayer has to be what? That, they, that God raises up an equivalent to them from his team, uh-huh. from his side, that they would listen to. For example, Paul, Agrippa listened to Paul, but he didn't change. Right. Right, but the proconsul changed when Paul preached the gospel. So you have to pray for these people's hearts. You have to pray for their minds. You have to pray for their will. There's a whole lot of things, and you have to be in a position to pray for that because they have guardian spirits that will come back on your life if you are not of their stature. That's right. That's right. That's right. You have to... I mean, you have to be like Jesus, and you cannot have anything to do. The prince of this nope, world has wrong. nothing I, in I, me. No, no, that's not right. You have to be Uh-oh, in the seat okay. of Jesus. You have okay. to be in a, an official equivalent of who they are. Otherwise, mm-hmm. your prayer is to pray for the people that, that, that uh, Jesus would use who are equal to their station in life to be obedient, to be touched, to be heard, to be sensitive to God, and to be bold enough. Paul said, pray for me that I may preach the gospel as I ought, because Paul, as an apostle, had to go to the sovereigns of the land. You won't, mm-hmm. you, you won't have access to that. So you are, your thing is pray for their hearts. Don't stop doing that. But understand, your greatest prayer is to pray for those that God has put in an equal level in those lives, equal to a, you know, a monarch or equal to the head of state and equal to a royal and equal to the, you have to pray for that. And the first thing you need to do, now what you can do is begin to go after the pride, that king of pride. But remember, it says king. It did not say spirit. It said king. That's right. Okay. So okay. You want to be careful about what you're taking on. I frankly think, George, you bite off more you can chew. I think that you probably just want to go to God and find out. Let the Holy Spirit lead you in prayer and then record those prayers that the Holy Spirit leads you in so that you'll know where your station is. Because a lot of times, because we think these people, these spirits are will, real enough to affect these people, but what we don't recognize is that they're also real, real enough to retaliate on our lives. Oh, I know. I know exactly what you're saying as far as, like, retaliation. And I know what you mean by going, you know, meddling with something that you don't need to be, that you don't have authority in. Because the only thing really and truly, I guess, um, you have authority over is things that have, um, that the Lord has placed you in authority over in your own life. Because, you know, right. it's, like I said, if you go outside of your boundaries, you know, then you're opening yourself up to a world of, you know, retaliation and everything like that. And the interesting thing about this is um, 
I, the warfare that I experienced whenever um, I was at my husband's was so outrageous and unreal. I mean, I've lived all over the South. I have never lived in a place that was such warfare-oriented. And uh, so I understand exactly what you're saying about the land and stuff. That makes so much sense now. Let me me jump in. Here's Because I want to get some more callers in and I don't want to miss them. But I want time to answer your question. So my prayer for you is that you stay in your realm. And unless you are assigned to an intercessory team or an organization or church's intercessory team or or Mm -hmm. prophetic couple or something like that, you stay in your Mm -hmm. realm. You just got out of the hot seat, so you don't need to put yourself back in it. So I'm going to pray. Father God, in Jesus' name, I thank you. <clears throat> for who you are. I thank you, Lord, for the things that you've done in joy. Lord, she's just such a precious woman. She's grown leaps and bounds in you, and we hear it in her voice. We thank you for, for bringing her back under your wing and being her voice in her ear and the love of her life. And I thank you for doing all of that. And now, God, restrain joy. When she goes out to pray, cap her so that she doesn't go into those dangerous areas, but use her as you see fit, Father, in Jesus' name, to bring your glory and to, and to truly intercede and petition you for the things that are on our heart. I bless you for doing it all, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you so much, Dr. Price. Thank you, too. You're you're growing beautifully. Talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you. God bless you. Prophet? Okay, Dr. Price. We have James on the line from Alabama, and he is calling for prayer for a general direction and whatever the Lord wants to say. James, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Bless you, Dr. Price. Bless you, too. Glad to hear you, James, from Alabama. Yes, glad to hear your voice today as well. Um, I was just thinking as far as if I were to give a commentary on um, on your broadcast today of how much I appreciate the wisdom um, that you, that really you just speak forth. Um, that's what I love about all of your books and love it, about listening to your broadcast is hearing the wisdom of God um, through you. And that's one of the things that I appreciate the most. Well, I thank you for those kind words, and I thank you for your assessment. It, it encourages my heart, and we'll just continue to pray as I pull together these um, daily Wisdom for Living shows. It seems like the people have voted. <laughs> I am excited to hear those. I am excited to hear those. Um, Amen. The reason for my call today, I was just really um, calling to see what it is the Lord would have you to speak to me today, um, preparing to go into a season of consecration, to prepare for the new year, um, this 2017, into 2016, through really all of 2017 has been one of the most difficult seasons of my life. And so as I just prepare to go uh, seek the Lord as to what he would have me to do next and so forth. I was just calling to see what he might speak to you today. Well, I will answer you, but I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. James, if God tells you to do something different today, what will you be leaving undone or unattended? Um, undone, unattended. I've got a couple of things that he has given me to write that I've not completed as of yet. 
Um, as far as undone or unattended, I, I don't think anything at this point. Uh, this past year, I've had to walk away from a lot of relationships, um, including a ministry that I thought was um, really going to be my uh, church home for the long run. And so um, I, don't, I don't think that I, I couldn't put my finger on anything that would be left unclosed or unattended, except for, well, I'm, but I will continue my education. I've completed my master's degree, and I'll be going to get a Ph.D. here pretty soon as well. But. Yeah, because that's real, right now the Holy Spirit is building you up for relocation. Wow. So okay. look at yourself about three years. You're going to have to relocate for your profession. And because where you live right now, I don't know if that's the place that you were born in, but I'm telling you right now there is not a lot of spiritual resources or providences for you in that land. Okay. You have sown, you have prayed, you have interceded, you have done a lot of things. And so what I hear God say is that, the reason the, the land is not yielding for you is because as far as your measure was, your portion was, you've exhausted it. Okay. Wow. Okay. And even the ministry that you were in, if you were in another season, you kind of went there a little late, but if you were in another season in your life, that would have paid off. The reason that it didn't pay off is because it's about to shift and there'll be no place mm. for you. Wow. And so I hear the Holy Spirit telling me that you have got to start um, pulling up stakes, to be honest with you, and packing up and begin to look for and to begin to listen through this consecration where God wants you and what he wants you to do. Now, you will, you will think that God is moving you for ministerial reasons. That's secondary. God will be actually moving you for professional reasons. And that's the one beautiful thing I like about how God raised me up. I don't have to plug everything back into the church. So you are a kingdom agent for the Lord. You are a kingdom resource. You are good at publications. You're good at public speaking. You are good, and you're a dynamic teacher. And all of those are fine for you, but you've not been able to be celebrated in the church for the things that are innate to your makeup. Right. Like, you can't help but be an Apollos. You just can't. You are going, you're a great teacher. I see God really creating some opportunities for you to develop some work. I see some manuals coming out of you. But bottom line is, where you are can't celebrate you. And, and when people can't celebrate you, they refuse to tolerate you. And so you are right now feeling like no matter where you go, you feel blindfolded. And how that little game they play, blindfolded, and you spin you around and everybody pushes you. And that's where you are right now because the resources that you need requires your obviously completing your education, but your Ph.D. is going to catapult you into a whole other dimension. Wow. Okay. Wow. So I know. But you're going to have to, as you go into your consecration, be very much aware. The reason God had you connect with me today is that, he, he's changing his conversations with you, and he's changing his style of communication, and he's shifting you off of, I've got to be this good minister, I've got to be this good preacher, into, I want to make you a powerful professional. I see communications as one of the strengths in your makeup. 
but I also see that you're very analytical. And so I see God having you doing um, work where you will be addressing and diagramming a new entity or a new project that looks like it's not him, but will turn out to be him. Okay. So you better get an A. <laughs> That's the goal. That's the plan. Uh-uh, it can't be a plan. It's got to be a resolve. That is my resolve. You got to get an A because the people who are going to be watching you and picking you up need you to be an A person. They, 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 they're not going to tolerate, you know, two, three, four, five. So you need to get an A. That's the Holy Ghost. So he told me to tell him. Tell him he better get an A if you want to be picked up. Okay. All right? Okay. Okay. Thank you so much, Dr. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, thank you Amen. for James. I thank you for watching over every word that was spoken, God, causing none to fall to the ground unfulfilled. I thank you for shifting his heart, his mind, his eyes, and his ears. Let him see differently, hear differently. And, Lord, even let him respond differently to the things that you're saying. Take all fear out of his heart. Take all religiosity out of his heart and begin to bring him into the fullness of the king's service. I bless you for doing it all and help him get those A's, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Prophet? Okay, Dr. Price, we have next from Pennsylvania, Joanne. And Joanne is calling with a question of what church should I attend? Joanne from PA, welcome to the Paul Price Show. Yes, hello. Hi, Joanne, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Good, good. Now, so what's what's the question about the church? What's on your mind? Um, basically, like I don't have a home church, so I need prayer to, you know, to find a home church. Um, I I did like two. Is these? I'm kind of like stuck between two churches that I really like. Um, but I don't know which one to go with to make my home church. Okay, well, that's a very, 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 very good question, Joanne. So let's talk. What do you like about the two churches? Now, first of all, back up. Before you answer that, what do you want a, a church to bring out in you? Um, more deliverance. Um, more, uh, basically, for me to live a more life of freedom and to experience God, you know, in a new way and to grow in God. Good answer. Okay, so now let's look at the two churches. Which one of the two churches focus on deliverance and healing? Um, it's the the one I was, yeah, the first one, I guess. Mm-hmm. The first one you went to? Yeah. Okay, so they focus a lot on deliverance and healing. Is that right? Yes. And they do they preach a lot on, about you know, freedom in Jesus Christ, maturing in him, and all of those kinds of things. Um, the pastor wife does, but not not necessarily like the pastor. Okay. So what does the pastor focus on? Um, he's more about like um prosperity, um like, you know, he's more prophetic, so he preached like, you know, he preached prophetically of how 
tomorrow will be for you and stuff like that. Great things are okay. in your future. Okay. So now let's talk about the second church. What do they focus on? Oh, they focus on growth. Um, they focus on, like, just multiple ways to grow in God. And um, the pastor, he actually talks about, like, social issues, too, and how that ties in with the gospel and stuff like that. Okay. So because here's the only I would tell you, if your goal is deliverance and you feel like that's what you really need God to work on in your life so that you can live in a state of freedom, then the first church would be it. My concern, the only thing I would ask you to check out is if you have, if you find that this church is is um, constantly uh, harping on devils and demons and spiritual warfare, then I would tell you mm-hmm. to avoid that church. If that's what they do, that's not your church, and I'll tell you why. Because okay. those devils, that, that that kind of stuff will lock up with what you're fighting, and before you know it, you will be reinforced and you'll become religious, you'll become superstitious, but you won't be delivered. Mm, okay. But if you're talking about you want some growth in God and maturity, and, and if this church, the second church is, is scriptural, if it's really scriptural, and biblical, mm-hmm. and I think that might be a better church for you because um, it has been my experience that the more insight people get, the more their will cast out their own devils. Mm, okay. So um, give the first church about six more visits. Okay. And then do, go to the next church and visit it about six or seven times. And then weigh mm-hmm. what you, I mean, literally. Um, make notes from the sermon so you can do a side-by-side comparison. Okay. All righty? All right, thank you. I think that's going to help. Let me pray. You're welcome. God, thank you for Joanne. You are the shepherd of the flock, Jesus Christ, and every sheep belongs to you. So, Lord, I'm asking that you would lead her and guide her to where you want her to be, open her ears to hear the things that she needs to hear to make good judgments and good decisions, and, Lord, shut down everything that is not of you, every seduction, every distraction, every detraction. I'm asking that you would shut it down and bar it so that you can place her in the congregation that is best suited for where you you're taking her as well as where she's come from. So I bless you for doing it all for her, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you too. <laughs> Bye-bye. Prophet Ashley. All right, Dr. Price, we have next Kevon from Virginia. And Kevon is calling in for prayer, just general prayer. Kevon, welcome to the Paul Price Show. Anybody there? Hello. Hello. Okay. Well, no, they're still there, so we will. I'll put this one on pause and go to our next caller. How about that? All righty. Okay, we have Mariah from New York. Mariah is calling in today for um, direction and information concerning her job. Mariah, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Hi, Dr. Price. How are you? I am fine, Mariah. How are you doing? I am okay. Thank you for asking. Uh-huh. Um, 
I just wanted prayer for direction in my life. Um, just want to know, you know, what God has for me, what he wants me to be doing right now. Right now I'm at a job where I kind of feel targeted a little bit. Um, I think being that mostly, um, I mean, I, I am the minority here. I feel, um, <laughs> I work with like mostly, uh, you know, white people. So, um, I don't know. I just feel like some things there, there's something that they do that isn't fair. Um, so I just want to know what God is really saying. Let me ask you, um, could you give me an example of the unfairness? Just one example. Sure. Um, so for instance, when I got hired, um, uh, I kind of had, I'm a graphic designer, so I work at a pharmaceutical company just designing, um, a lot of the supplement labels, uh, when people start their own supplement company. So, um, I'm the lead graphic designer here. Um, so when I first started, uh, they pretty much had me using like my own laptop, um, I guess for a while until it kind of got, you know, overloaded, um, and so then they had brought me a real, you know, desktop, you know, within the, the next couple of months. Uh, and when the new graphic designer came, the other one that's like under me, they kind of had everything set up for her. Um, so she didn't have to really use her own thing. Um, I mean, that's just one of the situations I feel that they don't really take in consideration seniority. Um, a lot of the times, but there's a lot of shady things going on in this company that, you know, is kind of like off. So I don't know. That's just one of the things that I notice as well. Okay. So let me ask you. So when they hired you, mm-hmm. um, they, you brought, this is a company that hired you and didn't have equipment for you. Is that right? Correct. And you allowed that. Mm-hmm. You allowed that. Let's not talk about the newcomer girl. Let's talk about you. You allowed that. You know what I'm saying? And and let me tell you Mm -hmm. why. I Mm -hmm. have found that, you know, it's very easy for us as African Americans to just call on the, the, you know, they're white, we're black, and set your card. And that might be the case. But you know what? We are not Mm -hmm. the, the majority in America, so we need to know how to address those kinds of issues. I think that Mm -hmm. for you, for you, I mean, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I would ne- uh, I'm not going to work for a company. You're not even going to give me resources and tools to do your job for your business. We're not doing it. I'm not sure. doing that. But we sure. African-Americans will always shut up, and we'll go home and fuss to mama, fuss to daddy, fuss at church, go get in the prayer line, testify how the <laughs> devil is on our case, when all you had to do is say, I'm not using my own equipment, period. So what I want to talk about today with you is not about them or anything, but I want to talk about who trained you to be that insecure about speaking out for what is yours? <laughs> um, I mean, Dr. Price, like, I do agree with you, but, you know, in this situation, I did, I did mention to them several times what I needed from them. And so in the end, yes, it did take them a while to get it, but they did get it. So I mean, but I'm, I I'm going to talk about. Mm-hmm. I want to, listen to me. I'm not ignoring you. I want you to come off them, and I want you to realize that you're going to have to work for a lot of years, and you're going to work for crazy okay. people, 
with the same people. You're going to work for selfish people. You're going to work for abusive people. And your job is to master your strength. True. Because you're going to take the same you to the next job. And it's going to have mm-hmm. some white people and let you to work for all black folks. And trust me, working for all of them is not a cakewalk either. Because people are people. You have hostile people. You have unpleasant people. You have self-serving people. And you have arrogant people. Your company seems True. to be very arrogant. It might have been racism. It might have been. I won't argue with that. Mm-hmm. Lord knows I've faced enough of it. But let me tell you this. It's still your mm-hmm. job to conquer it. You Fine. are a, I'm listening to you. You're an articulate woman. You're an intelligent woman. And you are, you are only supposed to be there a certain amount of time. Anyhow, you've been there too long. And God wants you to recognize that even if you have your own business, you're still going to have to interact with other races. And I, for one, sure. just personally, me personally, I don't vilify a whole mm-hmm. race for some bad apples because I've, I've had wonderful mm-hmm. people, black, African American, white, you know, Middle Eastern. I had them all. You know, as a matter of fact, we've made a joke. I don't think I'd ever have a house without the middle, Middle Eastern folk. I don't know why, but that's how it works out in my life. But I'm telling <laughs> you, anywhere you go, my beloved, you have got to set this thing on a foundation that is not just mm-hmm. sentimental. It has to be intellectual. I'm listening to you. Yes, God okay. is going to shift. But I'm telling you, you're going to take the same, the same thing with you, this intimidation. You're going to take this, this um, reflex action, and you're going to take these snap judgments with you because hmm. you are the common denominator. So what I would like to see is for you mm-hmm. to, to, to look at situations and not assign race. Okay. What is if we took race off the table, what would you say? I don't know. It's a good question. Um, I mean, being that they're very young, I work for people that are, that are younger than me. So maybe there's a lack of maturity here, which there is. But, I mean, my boss is, like, two years younger than me, and I'm I'm 25. So um, I, I really don't know. I can't I can't give, like, a definite answer to that. But I want you to try practicing that because, you know what, we have fell back on the, on the race board long enough. Let's find out if we so, can analyze the situation with more, more objectivity and more detachment. Let's find out. If it, if, mm-hmm. For example, if it's a good thing, then let's talk about it. You should t- sit down and talk about your boss because they may have some points or factors on you and your work that you haven't considered. Mm-hmm. You know, you cannot say, you know, it's kind of like Jesus. I can't say that your work's been perfect for God. I don't know that. But when we want to start making those kind of decisions and then jumping to conclusions and then making moves that will destabilize our life in 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 an untimely season, we need to have a lot more to run on than they just doing this because of my skin. Mm. Right. You're right. And I'm I've lived with a lot of racism. I've done it a lot. I mean, we, we know half, the, half of these people are not even racist. They just race conditioned. They just like, they done sat around the table, heard all of those jokes, they done did all of the stuff right. in the scene room. So half of them are just reacting from their formative consciousness. They are not trying to wish us wrong or whatever. I don't say all, but I will say that most of them, they're not trying to wish you wrong. They just don't know how to deal with you. So let's talk about how to deal with that. You know, but I, and this is, you know, having done this thing for 30 years, fighting all kinds of spirits and all kinds of whatever, I have learned that the easiest, the easiest way out is for us to say, uh, 
race. It could be our work. We couldn't. They could have a problem with our work. They could have overheard us say something to another employee. Somebody else may be dropping something in their, in their ear. There are a whole lot of other ways to explore this and to probe it mm-hmm. without saying, well, I'm black. You're going to be black all your days. So guess what? We got to get good at being black and being at the top. Right. I agree with you. Does that Amen. So we're going we're gonna to stop taking the easy way out. Your race is the easy card. Yeah. <laughs> see, it, doesn't, it, it requires pity, but it doesn't require development mm-hmm. or professionalism. It just requires pity. Mm-hmm. So sorry mm-hmm. for us because we're black. We've been black since we've been My. in this country. And mm-hmm. so I want you to rise above that. Even if it is race, race, their racism is their problem. It doesn't have to be your professional conduct or your personal right. attitude. So I have right. to, I have to teach a kid. So I'm, I'm I'm saying to you, I want to see you go back in that situation, take race off the table, and explore it a little deeper, and find out what at in fact is at stake. Hmm. Okay, Doctor Price. Sounds good. <laughs> you know why? <laughs> because you you know, but you in my neck of the woods. I know about us. <laughs> you in my neck of the woods. <laughs> but I, I, I want you to do it. You're 25. You got a, a big future ahead of you. You can't fall down and collapse on that little that little wagon, jumping on the same bandwagon on the others. You have to be above that. That's right. Right. Amen. 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 So we want. Amen. Say it's your job or not. Whether you leave the job or not, you still have to deal with this chip in you. Right. Amen. God, God. we thank you. You sugar pie, Jesus. We thank you, Holy Ghost. We bless you. Lord, I thank you for Mariah. I thank you for her life, her destiny, her future. I'm asking God that you open up the eyes of her understanding and you, Lord, bring back to her remembrance things that could contribute to this situation that have nothing to do with race at all. And, Lord, I thank you for blessing her with her favor in this job. We turn that favor, and then we bless her in her new job when you move her on. In Jesus' name, we praise you. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Price. You're very welcome. God bless. Prophet Ashley. Dr. Price. Okay, I have one more for you. Well, we have. do we have time? Um, if you're quick. That's right. <laughs> Come on. Okay, we'll see. This is Elaine from Pennsylvania. She's calling today for direction for her life, and she wants to know if she's doing everything she should be doing. Elaine, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Oh, good afternoon. Hello. Hi, Elaine. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm loving the show. Love the wisdom. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. So, talk. Are you you there? Yeah, I I couldn't hear you. Yeah. So t- tell me what, what's on your heart. Um, I'm just asking the Lord, um, you know, as far as is there some other wisdom as far as what other things I need to be doing where he has me at here um, on assignment um, in this area here. And I just want to make sure, you know, once you're in an area, you know, there, there's things all around you or whatever. And I want to make sure that, you know, I'm doing everything that he has me to do here. Okay, so then when you say here, is that because you just relocated there 
Uh, and if you did, yeah. was it for an organization? Uh, no, he he has me here ministering. Um, it, it's a it's a like a desolate blight, blighted area here, and he he has me ministering and speaking, um, you know, and and visiting churches and just base, he has me releasing, um, you know, the anointing, you know, his presence, bringing his presence. And um, there, I've walked. It's an area where there's like a spirit of stagnation. He had um, told me, and so um, I was just wondering if there's anything he had to, you know, reveal to me. Something else that I need to touch on while I'm here. Um, just and open how long for, were you, you know. Um, he had me just come here. He told me to sign a six month lease, and he told me it'd be a little bit longer. There's some more things he has me to do here, but I just want to make sure I. Get them done. <laughs> I want to make sure that I'm hearing you correctly. So is it he just sent you? Is you alone to do this? I know. There's, there's, um, I'm attached with, um, not attached, but um, with other churches in the area and connecting other churches and um, all these other ministers in the area. He has me praying for, for the churches and the ministers in the area um, and um he just keeps on telling me it's a unique assignment. <laughs> well, I won't argue with the uniqueness of the assignment, but I will say to you that, you know, when I look at my Bible, they went out two by two. That's number one. If yeah. you send them out, he went out two by two. And all we have is the pattern set down for us in Scripture. The other thing I, I really think and what I would love for you to do is to get a, um, to when we're done, sign up for a prophetic advisement. Uh, and that's at drpaulaaprice.com, where you can have some time to work this through with someone because we simply don't have the time here on this call. But you need a guide. You need a counselor. And I, mm-hmm. and, I'll, and you need a credit work because there are a lot of things that we hear. I have a course, where, a, a, a section in my prophetic education program that says you've got to clear 14 voices before you know who you are God. And mm-hmm. we don't want to hear that today, but there are 14 voices that will literally um, mimic the voice of the Holy Ghost, depending on who we are, where we live, what we've gone through, and what we desire in our heart. I feel that you, you have an amazing, amazing anointing on your life to serve the Lord. I am very clear on that. I think that you're a little bit old moved, and I think that's probably why God's not talking, and you need this prophetic advisement mm-hmm. for you, God, to into the program that he really has for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that is, that's my counsel. Again, it's drpaulaaprice.com. Go and where it says uh, a prophetic advisement, click on that and, and, and sign up for a prophetic advisement because you need this. This Lone Ranger thing is going to take you out. I don't know, and I'm going to ask you a really strange question because I don't know if it's your old life or if it's somebody else, but has anybody in your life had cancer? Uh, yes, years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm concerned Not about me, that for you. Mm-hmm. I'm concerned about that for you. And, and that's the word that God called. And a lot of times Satan isolates us so that we have no guards and no protections from what he wants to do. And if that happens, you know, in your life, then and you were, you're aware of it because, see, you are a woman who's going to take care of everybody. You're the caretaker. Amen. And so, um, but, but I'm concerned about that. Please make that prophetic advisement um, appointment. Do that for me, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I okay. Know, Thank you. I know, huh? 
No, I'm sorry. I, I didn't say anything. No, I didn't say anything. Okay. But I, I really would like you to do that because I'm concerned about you. I really am. I'm picking up something that you, uh, we need to get ahead of. Mm-hmm. So do okay. that for me. Father God, I thank you so much for Elaine. I thank you for her life. And, on the, and Lord, the calling on her life, the richness of her heritage and the richness of the legacy that you're giving her to carry on. And now I'm asking that you would you know, inspire her to make the appointment so that we can guard her, we can help her, maybe bring some things to her attention so that she does not have to go this alone and suffer the onslaught that the enemy would like to do when we are out there like that. I bless her, God. Bless her life. Bless her family. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Thank you. You're very welcome. God bless you. Prophet Ashley, we got to go. You got me on the phone. What's up with you? Hi, we're out of time. <laughs> All right, don't forget, join me Sunday. Hallelujah for Scripture Organic Culture and Modified Christianity at the Congregation of the Mighty Ecclesial Embassy. Don't miss it. It's going to be amazing. We're growing. We're expanding. We're doing powerful things. And until then, have a great weekend. Love you all very, very much. Don't forget my hearts, my stars. And, guys, start liking me on Facebook. You all are inboxing me and not liking me. I need the numbers. Put the numbers in there. Thank you. Amen. God bless. Have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to the Paula Price Show. Become a financial supporter today by visiting www.drpaulaaprice.com and click on Sow a Seed. Donate today.